Welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to follow your passion and purpose. My name is Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of ATL Europe Group, also the creator of Kitty Talks. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. All our interviewees have been carefully selected and you will hear amazing inspirational stories of people who have listened to their little voice and followed their purpose. They will reveal bite-sized tips and success secrets that can help you to fulfill your passion and purpose on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and sign up for our exclusive club where you can hear behind-the-scenes footage. These interviews will inspire you to take action. Please like and share so others can have the courage to follow their passion and purpose too. Good afternoon and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that encourage you and inspire you to create yours. And today I have with me a wonderful woman, Dr. Marcy Cole. Hi, Marcy. Hello, Kitty. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us, Marcy. I'm very excited about the conversation we are going to have today. Um, Just to introduce Marcy, she is a psychotherapist. She's a best-selling author. She's a speaker. And she's the founder of a couple of nonprofits, but founder of Childless Mothers Adopt and Childless Mothers Connect. So welcome, Marcy. Thank you so much for joining us. I am really excited to talk to you today. Um, but tell us a little bit more about what you're up to in the world. Thank you, Kitty. I'm thrilled to be with you, too. It's a great way to wake up. It's, it's bright and early, my, my time in Los Angeles. So um, what am I up in the, to in the world? So yeah, in, the, in LA, there's lots of us who have our hands in a few pots, and I certainly do. Um, I divide my time between a holistic psychotherapy practice. I've been a, a licensed clinician for over 20 years, wow. and uh, I'll talk to you a little bit more about that in a second. And then I also produce live events. I have a women's group in Los Angeles. It's called First Tuesday LA. And we do live events with, uh, uh, with and we feature we, we well-known um, best-selling authors and speakers and thought le- leaders that talk about self-development, professional development. Um, it's become quite an amazing life force in Los Angeles. And then, of course, the nonprofit Simama, um, which promotes the connection between people without kids and kids in need. So those are the three pots I got my hands in, depending wow. on the, depending on the hour. Busy um, lady. Yes, yes. So that's that's the that's a general, you know, snippet of my professional life as it stands right now. And see Mama, what a great name for an organization. I think that's absolutely fantastic. How did you well tell us a bit more about See Mama? So well, everything has a thread in life, right? And and you know, you know, Gandhi said, my life is my message. And the backstory of See Mama is that I was, like many women in my generation, assumed that I would get married, have children, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I got married at 28 because I, it was really about the blueprint. You know, I got married because it was time. And I ended up marrying my college best friend, who, after I finally had the courage after five years to say, I want more, this doesn't feel right, came out as a gay man five months later. Oh, and that's a whole other story. That's, I didn't that's, see that coming. 
a whole nother story, but we're very dear friends to, to this day. He's like my brother, honestly, he's, fa he's family to me. But after that, I, was, I, I basically completed my doctorate mm -hmm. and my dissertation in my early thirties was the experience of never married women between the ages of 29 and 39 that desire marriage and children. Why? Because I had lived it and the anxiety of being in your thirties and <clears throat> you're not being in a relationship or in the right relationship and getting nervous about that. And I was having in my private practice, I was having several women come in very anxious about moving into their thirties without the trajectory, the clarity of what's, you know, what they want happening before them at that time. So that was a beginning of the interest in this experience for women in their thirties. Then of course, you know, I ended up getting married at 40. I went through fertility treatments. It didn't happen for me. And then in my early 40s, I'm faced with this sort of the grief of not, not having a child. And I start living that. And I start realizing there's, there's this private pain that many of us go through. Nobody's really talking about it. And there's so and, much pressure, isn't there, on women? Like, you know, personally, a woman in my late 30s, like, there's so much pressure if you're childless. You know, well, yes, and of course we live in a day, right? With, with we have much more freedoms that than our mothers and grandmothers. But as a result, we, you know, we're spending time in our education and our career, and we're trying to find the right one. And sometimes we have to go through three relationships before that happens. And then a lot of times you wake up, you've been sleepwalking, and you're forty, and you're like, whoa, you know, how how did all this time go by? Right? Yeah. So that's um. So then I developed a platform called Childless mothersconnect.com, which is about the concept that there's a mother in every woman, right? And these are, this is for women in this demographic that by choice or circumstance did not have kids. Many consciously chose not to. But it's a platform to kind of acknowledge this, this population, which is, uh -huh. which is, you know, greater than it's ever been in the world, actually. And from that, realizing that there's 153 million orphans in the world you know, 80 wow. million of which are double orphans. And then thinking, wait, you have this population of people that wanted kids or have a lot to give to kids. And you have this population of children in the world, the concept that all the children of the world are our children. And so you have this concept that, you know, how can we connect? There's a lot of ways to connect. It doesn't have to be formal adoption. We're talking about, and that's when see mama mm -hmm. was born, childless mother to adopt, adopting our mission of helping kids in need, because there's a lot of ways to do so. Wow, fantastic. And so you, you like, do you mind me asking like um, the kind of you set that up because of what your experience and like what you were going through in life? Like that would, did that feel like the natural extension to be able to make that an open conversation? Because like you said, it's, there's nowhere, you know, there's, there's not an easy place for you to talk about it. You know, there's nowhere all forums. Yes. I mean, look, you know, Kitty and everyone listening, you know, um, when we face hardship or heartbreak or adversity, Obviously, we have to go through the process of grieving and feeling, and we have to be able to acknowledge those feelings or they get stuck, and we, get, and we stay stuck. But as we move through that, if we can make you know, lemonade out of lemons and think about the higher ground to all of this and the bigger, perhaps bigger message or purpose that we can't, we don't understand why things happen the way they happen. But when I realized I wanted to give some of my energy into this domain, it, it sort of make, made sense in my experience. I was like, well, okay, so what about if, if I, you know, and I thought about adopting my own child and then I wasn't really doing it. My marriage at the time wasn't really set up for it at the time. And 
And also I felt a bigger calling. I mm-hmm. felt like just one child. I felt like, wait, this is a platform for a bigger conversation and more potential impact. So we all have, you know, things that don't happen in our lives, the fantasy of what we want to happen, the heartbreak when it does, doesn't. But then what do we want to do, do about it? There's, there's a transformational power we have mm. to, you know, uh, turn that bummer into a blessing if we choose to. Mm. And what advice would you have for, say, you know, for women listening who, like you said, it, there's kind of like this ideal that we're grown, you know, we're told that we should do, you know, and, and sometimes it doesn't happen for every woman. You know, I've been through my own personal struggles in the last year, which you've been amazing, you know, to support me with. Um, but what advice would you have for a woman who's kind of going through that currently? Not sure if she, if she can even ha- have children and she wants them. Yeah, so, you know, I wrote an article in Huffington Post called The Four Ch- Shades of Childlessness and um, taking off on the 50 shades thing, you know. Um, and I broke it into four categories of, it seems like, general groups of, you know, the, the, the experiential for lots of women. One were the processors, the ones that are processing, do I want a child? Part of me does, part of me doesn't. Some are ambivalent, right? And what we say to those women, I would say, you know, be with that question. Spend time with that question. Don't resist it. Don't fight it. Don't judge it. Just be with it. (sighs) What part of me wants a child and why? What's my motivation? And what part of me isn't sure? And, And listening to that voice. And then the second group were the hopefuls, the, the one, those of you who want, know you want a child, you may or may not be in a relationship. Perhaps you're not in a relationship and you might be hoping for the right partner to share that experience with, or maybe you are um, uh, in a relationship, but you're having, you know, fertility issues and you're just hoping that it'll, it'll happen one day. Uh, so for the hopefuls, right, it, the journey is staying hopeful, holding on to the dream. By the way, this applies to any dream we have. How mm-hmm. do we hold on to the dream without getting so attached to it that it defines our very identity and level of happiness and well-being? So how do we keep the dream alive? We, we, are, we, are, we vision, we are proactive, we have faith, and yet at the same time, we're not holding, clutching so tightly that it constricts us, mm-hmm. right? The third are the heartbroken. The third category are those women that wanted children and are going through the, you know, they're usually between uh, 38 and 45, let's say, who the fertility window has, clo- has closed um, or they've given up. They don't have a partner if they want to, you know, not everyone need, you know, has the criteria of having a partner before having a child. But those who do, perhaps that hasn't happened yet. And they are going through acute grief mm. over, wow, this isn't going to happen for me. I mean, I remember the moment for me, you know, the last fertility cycle and then getting my period and then like fetal position crying in my mother's arms, like, you know, 40, I think I was 43. Um, we have to, we have to, it's so painful, but we have to be able to be with that grief. And this, again, this applies to anything in life, anything yeah. we're doing. So for those people in Heartbroken, I say, be with it, sweetheart. You will got to be able to attend to your heart, attend to the experience, and move through it until you get to the other side, mm. until something else gets birthed in your life, you know? Um, and then there's the peacefuls. These are the women who knew that they didn't want kids. So they've been sort of at peace with this. Or the women 
who went through perhaps the processing or hopeful or heartbroken state and are now at peace. They've walked through the whole cycle for themselves. And what can we learn from those women as well? Absolutely. And can you now see, um, we talked briefly before we, before we came on air and we were talking about how this thread that goes through our lives, like you can see why certain things that have happened and experiences have happened in your life. Like, can, can you see how things have led you to this point almost? Yes, you know, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And that's the, that's the gift of aging, where we have this life experience and we get to look at, we get to look at what the past has taught us. We get to apply it in the moment, and we get to you know use it as we move forward. Um, you know, Kitty, I used to think that all the sections of my life were different. Like I was Dr. Marcy Cole in my private practice, yeah, and then doing these live events and the MC and hostess for these live events. And then I had this nonprofit until I realized that the through line to all of it is connectivity. So when I'm working one-on-one with someone, I'm holding space for them to connect with their heart for themselves, their authentic experience as a human being in this lifetime. When I'm working with a couple, I'm, I'm trying to foster a connection with each other while they connect with themselves and one another. In community, it's, it's connecting Women and a lot of my events now are co-ed, connecting community together. You know, we have our we have our family, we have our close friends, but community is so important. And so the connectivity of, of holding a space and giving people an experience to connect with one and one another, both personally and professionally. And then the Simama journey has been again having a vortex and connect with children in need. So um, so you know. It, 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 it kind of makes sense for me that, you know, I started behind closed doors, one-on-one with people, and then community, and then this demographic, as my own life took shape of what, what I was experiencing and what created meaning and, and the lessons I was learning and what I wanted to share and how I wanted to support others experiencing some of the same stuff. Again, it doesn't even have to be this specific subject. It's any kind of, you know, I have a a vlog called Everyday Alchemy, which means alchemy is about transformation. So mm-hmm. anything that we're experiencing, how we can alchemize it, going from heartbreak to you know to breakthrough, from breakdown to breakthrough, from all of that. Um, so that's the through line. You know, we live and we learn, uh, and nobody gets a pass on wearing a human suit, right? So, as my friend uh, Jean Viev says, yeah, which I love. And so we're living in it. What we can do with it, you know, how can we? Um, take it and and use it for our highest good and the good of others. Really, that's that's what's before all of us. Mm. And you and I were talking before we came on, and we were saying obviously last year was a, a nine year in numerology, and um, a lot of people like we just shared some experiences. A lot of people we know, myself included, went through huge transitional t- a time you know, where you had to let go of um, things that weren't serving us, and obviously now we're going into a one year. Um, what advice, because obviously you were talking about how, you know, I believe that even our negative experiences, you know, are happening for our highest good. Yes. Know, how, how can we, you know, someone's out there and they are having a negative experience, you know, how can they look for the good? You know, what is it? Um, what um, advice would you give them around how they can manage that and work through it? Yes, beautiful. Well, we all live it, don't we? Um, so I wrote, so... 
about, I want to say five or six years ago, Lisa Nichols, who was yes. a thought leader that we all know, I was involved in an anthology book that she wrote, that, that, that she led, where we all wrote a chapter on, on something that was called Living Proof, Celebrating the Gifts That Come Wrapped in Sandpaper, <laughs> right? right? And so my chapter was on my first marriage, and it was called The Heart Whispers Truth. And I was going to speak about it in Florida. And I was on the plane and I thought, what am I going to speak about it? I thought, well, I'm not going to talk about the story in the chapter. People can read the book and, and you know, and, and live it, you know, experience it themselves. But what, what does, from, in terms of your question, what does bring us from, again, the heartbreak to the breakthrough? What, what is their trajectory? And so I wrote out this formula and I also ended up writing a Huffington Post article about this called the fate formula. And the first step when you're experiencing anything that feels like an obstacle or, you know, uh, a hardship, we talk about fate. I mean, yes, F for feeling. We've got to feel it first. Like we just yeah. talked about grief, whatever. We got to feel it fully, feeling the feelings fully so that we can attend to it. Um, and A is acceptance. So at some point we go, Okay. And then, you know, and then the, the mantra is it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Mm. You know, this isn't available to me. This relationship ended. This job didn't have happen. I, I, I didn't bear a child in this lifetime, whatever it is. Uh, there's a lot of peace and acceptance, but mm. you know, when you're standing on the outside and you, you love somebody and you kind of get impatient, well, I just wish they would just get it right. People have to go through their own pace and, you know, their own, unfolding of this process. T in the fate formula stands for transformation. And that's where this is a conscious choice because frankly, we could camp out at the acceptance stage our whole life. There are people that go, okay, it is what it is. And they're sort of at peace with it. And they just, they, that's where it stops. When we really consciously say, okay, what did I learn from this? What can I do with this? For again, as you said, my highest good and perhaps the good of others that's when magic starts to happen. That's when, you know, you know, we talk about after the dark comes the dawn, after what, what gets birthed from this experience. You know, we look at, you know, Michael J. Fox, he has Parkinson's at, what, what, what was he in her twenties or, and then he becomes a spokesperson and he's so, you know, anything, whether it's health or relationship, anything in life, anything we learn professionally, we can use it for our highest good. And then it becomes we accept it, and then we're all, all, we're really inspired and fulfilled by our experience mm. as we're utilizing it in a way that's meaningful mm. and transformative. Mm. And the E really stands for, and then we get to a place of an enlivened state again. We feel alive. We feel flow. We feel like we feel joy. We feel harmony. Um, and there's again, there's a meaning to the thread that we're talking about that starts to make sense. And that's what that's why I wrote that article because I to your question I think it's a process for all of us. Mm. Yeah, and it's a beautiful way to to also look at life, isn't it? That if, if you can while you're going through that that transformation or that perceived negative, like it could be losing somebody, um, like you said, the job, it could be a number of things. If we can hold that highest ideology that actually this is happening for us, and there's going to be some insight that we can get through the experience like I um mentioned to you earlier that my, my last year's conversation with my partner has been around shall we have children shall we not have children and you know I 
you know, I've never really had my light on. You know, I'm a woman in my late 30s and it's only now that my light has really come on. And, you know, we've had a very turbulent year and I was trying to look for the whole, why is this happening to me? Or what is it that I can get from this and what's the highest experience? And actually, the thing that really came to me was I, I, I never really accepted that I really wanted children. I didn't never really could see or really um, realised how much I did want them. And this whole experience for me in the last year has really highlighted to me actually how much I want that then and letting go of the resistance I think that I had to having them in my life. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yes. Well, you know, again, we're a generation of like high powered, strong willed, strong, you know, busy women. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of times there's ambivalence because of the fear of loss of self. Am I going to lose my freedom? Am I going to lose myself? Am I going to lose my, you know? <clears throat> and so then if we stop and we drop into our heart, many, as you, you know, as you did, Kitty, get back in touch with the longing and the biological, in some ways, imperative for many women to say, I want a child. Like, I, I, I feel naturally called to have a child. But again, we've been very busy <laughs> in our generation. We've been, our minds been busy or, <clears throat> and we've been busy trying to do good things and birth big projects and have lots of freedom. And so it's a more complicated question than it used to be. It used to be a rote thing. You get married, you have children, you know, our mothers and grandmothers and great grandmothers. It's a very different day for women now. Mm -hmm. um, also, I want to share to your point of this, you know, again, utilizing every life experience. I love in the, in the book, The Big Leap. Um, the author's name, I believe it's Hen Hendricks, Gay Hendricks, I believe. In The Big Leap, he says, when anything happens, say to yourself, I need this. I need this. And, you know, you get a flat tire at three o'clock in the afternoon, and you're on the way to a meeting. You know, first we have to say, Lord God, first we have to have the moment of frustration and no, I don't yeah. want to just Hello, we're human. But then again, if we move into acceptance, it's like, okay, it happened. I must need this. Yeah. Then if you say, I need this, well, what is it that, what can I receive from this? And then we start to, you know, our antenna, uh, antennas go up, you know, and, you know, we get a, you get a flat tire on the way to a meeting. Maybe it's, well, I need this to learn how to like, let go of the agenda, mm. let go of control. Yeah. Hey, do my meditation for 20 minutes in my car. Talk to an old friend I haven't spoken to. I don't know, but I need this. Isn't that great? It's that fantastic. And, and asking empowering questions. You know, like we, we were both at a conference where the gentleman was speaking and he was talking about uh, quantum physics and about how when you follow your passion and purpose and you do what lights you up, actually it brings you these amazing synchronicities at night. And I remember in his conversation, he was talking about how you should always, when you're having adversity, you should always ask empowering questions. So, you know, um, this is happening for my highest good. You know, this is happening to make me a better leader. Why is this making me a better leader? So, yeah. like you said, so I need this. And then it shows up in what, why you're going through that experience yeah. actually becomes apparent to you. Correct. The power of inquiry and excavation and exploration and discovery, right? It's, I mean, it brings us right back to feeling empowered, feeling inspired, being centered. Yes, no question. Yes. So um, 
tell me what you're doing within your organization because do you actually connect mothers to potential children who need to be adopted as well um no no you know we don't do that we don't match people that's sort of an adoption agency's job we have about four programs in CMAMA at present. We have the, web, the website, cmama.org, cmoma.org, which gives resources and an opportunity for connection. We have a private Facebook forum now for women without kids, again, whether by choice or circumstance, called CMAMA Community Forum. The second thing we have is the grant and gifting program, where we give $5,000 grants and financial aid to individual single childless single women, men, and couples who are, in fact, choosing to adopt older children and special needs kids wow. because these are the kids that are forgotten and no you know could, could literally be forgotten forever and these people honestly they we have an eligibility process application process and they're just they're, they just have angel wings I say they have angel wings we've got we're paying for either the flights home to bring these kids home most of these people have sort of you know you know gone through their saved savings to do this because it's so unbelievably expensive for, for, uh, particularly international adoption. So we have, we're paying for some of these kids to come home. We're paying for the, the last leg of the adoption costs. We're paying for, med for medical costs. We're paying for chemotherapy treatments for this little girl who they adopted at 18 months old with leukemia. They knew she had leukemia. Wow. We got kids with HIV positive and cerebral palsy and all of these. Again, these people are willingly with an open arm and open heart bringing these children into their hearts and in their homes and taking care of them. And so we're paying for medical costs for a number of them. I think we've given to about 15 families so far. Hopefully by the end of the year that we will reach $100,000 in grant fund money to you know help out about 20 families. Then we And then we have a thing called the post-adoption transitional help. Once they've adopted, we want to be able to support them and you know, creating this new family. Everyone's been through, you know, the child has been through trauma and loss and separation and the new parents are, you know, a little overwhelmed with this new experience. Yeah. So we're partnering with our other organizations to provide support. And finally, we have what's called a volunteerism program, the CIMAMA Journeys. The concept is going to a place on earth, seeing the sacred sites, and then choosing an orphanage in the region to be of service and, and connect with these kids. And we went to Peru in 2000. 2015, and we're actually going back. We have a trip planned. This was really the focus of Simama right now is looking and saying to everyone, hey, who wants to come? Mm -hmm. uh, May 31st to June 9th to Peru, back to Peru. And we, we um, connect with these children who are now, many of them are teenagers at Minos del Sol, which stands for Children of the Sun. And mm -hmm. we had an unbelievably rich experience two years ago. And we said, we will be back. And so we're going back May 31st to June 9th. Kitty, Aww. join us. Yeah, well, us. Oh, whoever, whoever feels the ding, ding, ding in their head, like what? And feels a potential yes in their heart. Pay attention and contact me because we're putting that group together now. And absolutely. How pe how can people find out more about what you're doing, the Peru trip, your, your organization? So <clears throat> the best way to, you can go to cmama.org, C-M-O-M-A.org. You can also email me personally at Marcy, M-A-R-C-Y, at cmama. Org. Fantastic. And we will have all the details in the show notes as well about the organization. And um, so anyone who wants to connect with Marcy and get more information about the amazing nonprofit organization that she's running, I think is absolutely incredible. And, um, yes, and if it had to do with one-on-one -on -one work and, and sort of counseling around the situation, they can contact me at Marcy 
at drmarcycole.com. Then it could be more about some one-on-one attention and attending to whatever they're processing. I do virtual sessions live, of course, in LA. So they can reach me that way as well. And I love the Facebook group because, like, you know, you very kindly put me in the Facebook group. And, you know, there's just a real camaraderie there. And there's like, you know, everybody's posting pictures of their uh, dog babies. (laughs) Which I could relate to. Yes, we had a great forum on the website, but that really didn't work. I don't think that people are connecting on websites as much anymore. So we moved it over to this forum, which which is growing. And it hasn't really gotten robust yet, but it has the potential to be because it's a place that people can share anything. Their business, their personal, their questions, regardless of whether they want kids or not. You know, we are a community of women that can be very, very supportive to each other, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Marcy. Like, I think, you know, uh, your experience when I when we met one another, you know, six, six, about six months ago, you know, we sat next to each other at dinner and I felt like the universe really put us together, actually. I felt like um, it was just a wonderful conversation and I was just so, um, I met, like, you know, what you've done and what you've created is phenomenal and I think it's so inspiring for other, other women. Um, so yeah thank you so much for your contribution and thank you for letting me be part of your community thank you so much to you honey and thank you for all that you are birthing and all that you are how you are being in the world as full out yourself and sharing with others this podcast is is a gift to all of us so thank you for that and and you had me at hello too my darling so (laughs) so this is just the beginning and thank you to all who are listening and I look forward to future connection and conversation for sure absolutely thank you thank you thank you bye thank you so much for listening to kitty talks be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private facebook group exclusive webinars and secret success interviews see you there